Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Chapter 11, Legends. Are you going to eat that hot dog, Paul asked Jacob. His eyes locked on the last remnant of the huge meal that the werewolves had consumed. Jacob leaned back against my knees and toyed with the hot dog he had spitted on a straightened wire hanger. I'm Julia Argy. And I'm Vanessa Zoltan. And this is Hot and Bothered Twilight in Quarantine. I just started laughing because I feel like that first paragraph is an extended penis joke. I I didn't see it when I first read it. And now I feel like it's being smacked around in my face. I should say that this is my first time ever reading this chapter, though I've read these books multiple times because as we all know, I find stories within stories boring. So this is the first time I've ever done it. Can you recap for us? Happily. Three, two, one. So um, Edward has dropped off Bella. She's hanging out with Jacob and all of the werewolves. And Leah's there and Quill is there and Quill Sr. is there and Billy is there. And then Billy starts telling a story. And it's a story of the history of the relationships between the werewolves and the vampires. And there's a, a woman, a human woman who sacrifices herself to death so everybody can live. And Bella's like, that's like me. And then she, Bella wakes up and she's in Jacob's car and then she goes in Edward's car and then she has a nightmare and goes home. Yeah, pretty good. Thank you. Except she goes home and then has a nightmare. Yeah, who cares? Okay. Do you want to do a recap also? Not really, but I will. I really always phrase this incorrectly. It's like you're a two-year-old. You know, if you ask a two-year-old, are you ready for one more bite of broccoli? They'll be like, no. So you just have to say, (laughs) okay, one more bite of broccoli. I got to do that with you. Okay, Julia, it's your turn to recap. Okay. Ready, set, go. So she's at the bonfire. Um, People eat a lot of snacks. Um, Everyone starts to fall asleep. And then Billy's like, no, it's time for a story. Oh, God. So they used to be humans. And then someone had a lot of feelings. And that feelings made them turn into a wolf. They also can, like, go into a spirit plane, um, kind of like Avatar The Last Airbender, but different. Um, And then... Bella loves the story, wants to tell Edward about it, but is afraid she's going to forget. She falls asleep. She dreams of Rosalie murdering the Quileutes. That's all I got. It's interesting that Bella is worried about not telling the story faithfully, but Stephanie Meyer isn't worried about just like making up a story about the Quileutes. Well, Bella is just trying to retell a story. Stephanie Meyer just makes it up whole cloth. 
Yeah. So that do do do. That's my breaking news. Stephanie Meyer did a cursory Google search and was like, the Quileutes have a relationship to the wolves. And then was like, based on that one fact, I'm going to make up a whole story about the Quileutes that's completely fabricated. And that would be like me saying, Julia, you're part Irish. I learned from the Lucky Charms commercial that leprechauns have Irish accents and therefore are Irish. And so the country of Ireland has a history of leprechauns. All of the Irish people alive today are part leprechaun and all they want is gold. (laughs) Gold and Lucky Charms. Gold and rainbow marshmallows. It's such a fucked up thing to do to make up stories about real people. Yeah, especially as like a white person to an indigenous tribe. Like we already did that and it wasn't cool for like the first (laughs) 400 years. Like it's not cool now. It hasn't become it. Yeah, it was never good. Um, No. So, Julia, what about you? Do you have any breaking news? Do you do? Yeah, we hear that Jacob eats over 10 hot dogs in one sitting. And beyond this being troubling as a concept, since they're werewolves, I would feel like the consumption of like dog named food would be at least frowned upon. But they're really just throwing the hot dogs around. We see Paul catch one in his bare hand and eat it like a Twizzler. Like straight from the fire. The whole scene at the beginning with the hot dogs really was was news to me. I would like to say that I don't think I could eat more than four or five vegan hot dogs. Yeah, I would, and I wouldn't want to. And I can eat a whole large pizza by myself. Any other breaking news, Julia? Yeah. So this chapter was interesting for a lot of reasons. One of the reasons was that we get a lot of anti-vampire rhetoric and like werewolf vampire tension. But at the beginning of the story, there's a mention of a wolf bat alliance from (laughs) the Quileute tribe to defeat a different tribe in a battle. So there's some foreshadowing that they're going to come together eventually, but it's quickly squashed. But I'm still holding out hope. I love that you've decided that the talisman of vampires is bats. I didn't decide that. I didn't make that up. That's a real history that exists. It's like leprechauns. (laughs) Real history that exists. The the country of Romania is famously full of bats. My dad was born in Transylvania. Should I ask him if he can echolocate? No, you should throw a cricket in the air and see if he can catch it. (laughs) Wow, I can't believe we're coming to the conclusion that your dad is a vampire this far into the podcast. You wouldn't think we thought of it earlier. (laughs) He's not a vampire. He just still has the skills of echolocation. (laughs) He's descendant from a long line of vampire bats. Wow. Congratulations. One day you and a wolf are going to take down some people you want to fight. Well, that's now my moment of genuine enjoyment, but I have another one. What is your moment of genuine enjoyment? So we met Kim, who is the young woman who Jared has imprinted upon. And we hear some like very creepy things about the way that he looks at her and loves her. But one of the ways is the way that a parent looks adoringly upon their child. And like the longer this went on, the more anxious I got that we were going to meet the two-year-old who has been imprinted upon. And I thought I was going to have to deal with like 
toddler love and I got very anxious. And so one moment of genuine enjoyment was that at the end of the chapter, I was like, oh, I did not have to confront pedophilia right in the face yet. I mean, the reason the baby wasn't there is because it was past his bedtime. Although I feel like once you've broken the rule of promising yourself sexually to a two-year-old, maybe bedtimes also go out the window. Um, Vanessa, Quill cares for her like a big brother. <laughs> okay. Big brothers put their siblings to bed on time. That's true. And then my other moment of genuine enjoyment was meeting Leah. Like, it was so nice to actually meet her. She seems great. I feel so sorry for her that she's there. But it was really nice to meet her. Unfortunately, you're the kind of person who forgets you've met someone. Leah has been on the page before. <laughs> In a scene? Yeah, she goes to the pasta party and she's on the phone the whole time. Well, she's engaged this time in what's going on. She's not just on the phone. Got it. What about you? What was a moment of genuine enjoyment for you? I liked at the end of the chapter when Bella seems to finally have a realization that humans have agency over their own lives. With the story about the woman who stabs herself to save her husband, obviously she really identifies with that woman. But it was nice at the end. She was like, even a human can do things to change their circumstances. I was like, true, Bella. Good job. I'm glad that you enjoyed that. Because, yes, it's true. I'm glad that Bella is realizing that even though she's not magical, she, like, has agency. But the story that she's fixated on is that there was a werewolf and there was a vampire and the werewolf was old and the vampire came to kill the werewolf and he was about to die. And the werewolf was married to a human lady, a non-magical lady. And the non-magical lady loved her werewolf husband so much that she stabs herself. And then the vampire is so bloodthirsty that she's distracted by the human blood and so gets killed by the werewolf and kids and whatever. And so this human woman is able to sacrifice herself in order to like save the day. And I would just say, I think anytime the Bella's learning about agency is good. I just like wish that she thought of herself as more than a sacrificial lamb as far as her agency goes. Totally, totally. And like, we know she's going to stab herself. Is she? Why else is this here? I'm sorry. I do not believe that Stephanie Meyer necessarily uses everything like this as a signpost to like tell me what's going to happen. Other things have been signposted that haven't happened at all. Like what? Like Carlisle and Charlie getting together. That was all over the page in the first book. We are mm -hmm. in book three and nothing has happened. Mm -hmm. Good point. Okay. Point taken. Maybe she won't. I don't love that Bella's fixating on this moment. And now that you've said that it's a signpost, it's making me very anxious. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Should we stop fighting and start giving advice? Yeah, let's give some advice. Okay. What advice do you have? So my first piece of advice is something we touched on a little earlier, but Bella is so obsessed with male attention that she's unable to make judgments about how hot people are based on her own perception. So at first, she's so mean about Kim. She's like, Kim is a plain Jane. Her eyes are too small and her face is too wide. What an ugly lady. All she has are cheekbones. (laughs) I don't even think she has a nose. It's all cheekbone. Yeah, so she's extremely rude. And then the next paragraph, she goes on like, oh my gosh, but Jared is looking at her like he's her mom. And that's so making her seem a lot sexier to me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing is, Bella, men have bad taste. And you just need to develop your own taste because they are wrong a lot of the time. That's my advice. So, like, maybe Kim is ugly and maybe Kim is hot. Also, attraction is relative. And just, like, figure out for yourself who you're attracted to. You shouldn't only be attracted to someone when it's clear that somebody else wants them to. That's, like, an activation of competitive mode. Or I think, Julia, you are right that it's, like, about only valuing the male gaze and therefore being, like, oh, regardless of whether or not I think Kim is attractive – that doesn't matter. As long as Jared thinks she's hot, then she's objectively hot because the male gaze is objective. Yeah. I mean, it's just raises the question as to whether the whole plot of Twilight happened because Mike was intimidated by Edward's hotness. And then Bella was like, I have to have that. <laughs> oh, my God. Mike, you sent us down this whole path. Yeah. And Mike obviously has bad taste because Jessica and he broke up. Yeah. What's your first piece of advice? My first piece of advice is to Billy. Billy, don't fill people up, warm them up, and start to tell them a story and then expect them to not fall asleep. Like, that's how you get kids to fall asleep. (laughs) Like, this is important wisdom that you're imparting. You shouldn't tell it in a way that makes everyone want to drift off. Yeah. Keep them hungry and cold, Billy. (laughs) I mean, that's what school is. Have you ever been to a school? (laughs) You're freezing. You're bored. You're in an uncomfortable chair. And you have to listen to people talk. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I do like that Billy is trying to fight the good fight against an industrialization-based education method. Mm -hmm. I just think that this is also a bad teaching method. People have to get woken up for the stories to even start. It's just like too late at night, clearly, for everyone. Yeah, like try something in the middle, like a call and response story, right? Like who can tell me when? Light snacks full of like proteinaceous goodies throughout. Give everyone some almonds to munch on. Like there are ways to do this. I was going to say like stagger the hot dogs. It's like one tenth of the story in, you get your first. (laughs) Two tenths, your second. Keep them going through the whole night. (laughs) What about you? What's your second piece of advice, Julia? So I've been saving the most enticing nugget from this chapter for this piece of advice. We find out that once vampires are dismembered, that their pieces 
crawl back to one another so that they can reassemble. Obviously, that's amazing. So my advice for Bella, I initially was saying that she should dismember Edward, but I don't think she would. But she needs to dismember (laughs) a vampire, attach GoPro cameras to all of the pieces, spread them out over the world, and shoot a video documentary of them coming back together. I'm picturing them like sneaking into luggage. They're like boarding a plane and they're trying to reunite. And I think it would crush at Sundance. (laughs) I have no feedback for that other than I will finance your film. Yeah. Yeah, I would totally watch that. It's like Toy Story plus like Homeward Bound. Plus Night of the Living Dead. Exactly. She's got to bury the hand so it can come out of the dirt. Um, but the rest she can she can stage as she pleases. Uh, I love that you have an idea and yet want to give artistic freedom at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A true patron of the arts. That's me. What's your second piece of advice? So something very confusing happens in this chapter, which is that Bella can remember the dream that she had well enough that she can write it in the book Eclipse. But she doesn't remember her dream well enough that she can tell Edward about it the following morning. And so I would like to recommend to Bella that she read him the book Eclipse. You think all first person narrators have written their thoughts? I think her as a fictional character has articulated this story. So you think (laughs) Twilight is a diary and when we've been saying Twilight Diary, it's just been like us writing our own diary about Bella's diary. Yes. Wow. I should get my Twilight Diary published. If Bella can do it, why can't I? So, Julia, we now are going to do Reality TV Corner, but we are introducing a new reality show. We are going to do Queer Eye, the reality show. And so the question is, who are you making over in this chapter? What part of their lives are you making over? I am sending Karamo, the person who deals with emotional well-being, to Leah. We hear in this chapter that she's super hot, so I'm not really worried about that aspect of her life. But we hear she closes her eyes for the entirety of this very long story. And when the story is over, her eyes are still closed. But Bella can see like a tiny trickle of a single (laughs) Single tear tear going down her face in the firelight. So clearly she's really going through something. right now and I would love for her to work through that with Karamo. Do you think that they would do like an obstacle course together or that Karamo would like take her to a songwriting boot camp so she could write a folk song? Like what do you think Karamo would have her do? Yeah, I think there would be like a vampire effigy and she would have to like fight her demons or something like that. Oh, I love that. I love that. She would have to like physically fight a representation of her demons. Yeah. Beautiful. What about you? Who are you making over? I'm sending Anthony, the cook, to Billy because the next time that Billy hosts one of these events, I think that there needs to be a way for masses to eat large quantities of food that doesn't require so many animals dying, so much like high cholesterol food being imbibed. I think that like they all need to learn a little bit about portion control, not eating so much. They are all talking about how they're so full they feel sick. So Anthony could help them think about that. We were talking about like protein energy filling foods. I think that Anthony could really help them with that. Anthony notoriously loves avocados, which is like a very high protein, healthy fat. And so I think he could just like bring avocados 
Wow, he's basically like Instacart, but like you've only (laughs) ordered avocados and you're bringing them straight to the beachside fire. Well, I think he can teach them about like avocado toast with like a little bit of like paprika and fresh crushed pepper and then also like guacamole with cilantro and tomatoes and a little lime juice. And then he could also teach them about avocado and sweet potato tacos, right? Like I think that Avocados are very versatile and Anthony is super into them. And so I think that he could do a lot with that. That sounds really fun. Way to brighten up the party. Yeah. I would stay awake if there was a huge tub of guac for me to keep working on. So we're going to put on Instagram a vote for you to decide who should get made over this week. And we're also going to put up a call for you to suggest new reality TV shows that we should integrate into our chapters. So if you have a great idea about what reality TV you want to see come to Forks, please let us know on Instagram. So Julia, I just have one thing in my Twilight Diary, and I'm a little hurt that it's not in yours, but can you please tell everybody about what my beloved Peter sent to you this week in email form? Oh yeah, so a few episodes ago, I put out a call to all scientists to figure out how fast Edward is going so that he cannot be perceived by the human eye. And I am so lucky that Vanessa's partner emailed me with a very informative article about how fast he would have to be moving. And it is almost as fast as the speed of light, faster than the speed of sound, and so fast that he's probably lighting things on fire from the speed as he moves through the world. So he's going to have to be moving so fast where everything is being lit on fire and he's simultaneously dousing Bella's carpets and couch that he has (laughs) lit a flame through his speed in order to evade Charlie's eye in that moment. And before any of you think that Peter, my partner, was just mansplaining to Julia, he's actually a scientist. It's what he does for a living. Yeah. To the rest of you scientist listeners, where were you when I needed you? Nowhere. (laughs) Okay, Julia, it's time for the care package. What do you want to give to Bella? So I'm going to send Bella an Audible subscription. Um, We hear that she loves oral storytelling in this chapter. So I really think she would benefit from a bunch of audiobooks. We are not sponsored by Audible, but if they want to give us money for this really thoughtful idea of mine, I would be happy to have that cash. What are you putting in Bella's care package? So I think that she should have like a little box that she keeps on the back seat of the Volvo and in it is like a comfort package of things that she keeps in Edward's car, a neck pillow, a blanket, an eye mask, because she really needs to lean in to being chauffeured around. Edward never lets her drive. And the upside of being driven is that you get to nap. And so I think she should be like, fine, I don't get to drive. Then I get to nap. And she should do so comfortably because it's horrible when you like nap in the car and then you have a crick in your neck, you know, Mm -hmm. or you're cold because you're cuddling a little bit with your ice cold vampire boyfriend, like holding his hand. So I think she should make herself very comfortable in the Volvo. She can even listen to her audiobooks in the Volvo. Oh, my God. Exactly. I love it when our care packages come together. What do you think is going to happen next chapter? Apparently, Bella's going to stab herself in the heart. I didn't think that was going to happen. But I guess that is true. It's coming for you, Vanessa. Might not be next chapter, but it's coming. Jesus. This has been Twilight in Quarantine, a hot dog eating contest from Hot and Bothered. This episode and all episodes are produced and edited by Ariana Nettleman. 
This show was conceived of as a vampire baby by Julia Argy. And I'm Vanessa Zoltan, and I am a fully funded documentary filmmaker. We are a production of Not Sorry Productions and are distributed by ACAST. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.